I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Who wants a beer? Because Germany's famous Oktoberfest is back. After COVID-19 pandemic put a two-year-long pause on the world's largest beer festival, the 187th edition of Oktoberfest commenced once again from 17th September and will go on until October 3rd. This festival, as you know, is celebrated in the second largest city in Germany, Munich, and it was originally held on October 12th, 1810, to mark the union of Princess Therese von Sachsen, Hildburghausen, and the Crown Prince of Bavaria. who later became king louis 1 but history aside oktoberfest has become a huge deal as per reports the festival has typically drawn a crowd of at least 6 million people and can you guess how much beer was consumed in the last edition of oktoberfest at least 7.3 million liters which brought in an estimated 1.2 billion euros to the local economy but this time while there's a ton of excitement around the return of oktoberfest Rising costs and inflation are a bit of a dampener. According to Wall Street Journal, Germany's breweries are still reeling from supply chains being impacted during the pandemic, and now they've also taken a hit from the ongoing Russia-Ukraine war, which have led to massive spikes in energy, fuel, and gas prices across Europe. And gas, specifically CO2 and N2, which is carbon dioxide and nitrogen, are absolutely essential to brewing beer. This is what adds the perfect fist to a pint. But quoting the German Brewers Association, Financial Times reported that the shortage of CO2, a byproduct of ammonia, is pushing many breweries to the brink of bankruptcy. And this shortage is mainly due to the rising cost of natural gas in Europe that is forcing companies that produce fertilizers and other chemicals to cut back on production. Moreover, you know, you need gas and energy to make glass bottles as well. but because of all the disruption the average cost of some key ingredients have increased manifold for example the wall street journal has reported that the cost of pallets has gone up by 150% glass bottle prices are up by 90% and the price of bottle caps have also increased by 70% so of course it goes without saying that the beer is also going to be expensive this year from what the official oktoberfest website says Two pints of beer will cost between 12.6 and 13.8 euros or between 18.8 and 20.6 dollars this year which is an increase of about 15% compared with 2019. So those who are attending the fest will have to loosen their purse strings a little more this time. For the next few minutes you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business policy and anything that leaves you with a food for thought. Hello, I'm Farheen Khan and this is the deep dive for September 19, 2022. The impact of climate change is much more than what we can see and feel. Yes, we're talking about climate change again. Why? There's of course a lot more flooding and natural disasters being reported from around the world, but climate change is also reshaping the behaviors of animals. which is quite alarming for the ecological scientists and other environmental enthusiasts. A recent report from Times of India said that saris cranes are now displaying some extremely rare behavior that is likely to be brought by climate change and habitat loss. 
Cirrus cranes are the tallest flying birds in the world, standing at 152 to 156 centimeters with a wingspan of 240 centimeters, and they are usually found in marshes and shallow wetlands. Quoting ecologists, the report said that some of these birds along the Delhi NCR regions were spotted feeding on the hatchlings of other birds like swampens, which was defined as a rare occurrence in cranes. Why this is quite baffling is because these birds are omnivores. They generally feed on insects, aquatic plants and seeds. But they were never regarded as hunting birds and this new addition to their diet is stunning birders and ecologists who are pushing for more research into what's causing it. Scientists have pointed these changes towards the degrading food availability and growing human presence. What's more, just earlier this year, a study titled Cirrus Crane Trios and Their Traits: Discovery of a Novel Unit in Cranes found out that these water birds also seem to be changing their breeding pattern. Cirrus cranes are known to be monogamous, meaning it pairs up for life. But now, they are adding a third bird to the mix, forming trios. It was regarded as a big change because cranes are highly territorial birds. The study observed that these trios were found mostly in low-quality landscape with less than 20% of wetlands or marshes in the territory, or mostly during summers. And one of the reasons behind this big change could possibly be to increase the survival rate of their broods. And to understand the mystery of these peculiar changes, we reached out to KS Gopi Sundar, a scientist who is also one of the co-authors of this study. He sheds light on how, why, and where such changes in behavioral patterns are occurring. Yes, we are seeing a lot of uh, very interesting changes in behavior. I can speak to these species that uh, I work with with my students and colleagues, and one of those prominent species has been the sarus cranes. The cranes that used to very likely nest mostly during the monsoon when uh, it causes periodic flooding in the Gangetic floodplain. Now we are seeing that this species is able to breed. in practically every month outside of the monsoon as well as long as there is water available this is very likely a combination of uh, factors and not just climate change but the climate change part is very clear that there has been rainfall perturbations so we now have some years with a lot of flooding because the rains come in a very short period of time and we have some years with a lot of drought so this causes the cranes to lose their nest either by flooding or they're unable to nest because there is not enough water So we suspect that this is causing the cranes to go to areas with irrigation canals or other leakages and they are now being sort of forced to breed outside of what was their normal range of breeding. So this is certainly a behavior that we are seeing that seemingly can be attributed to climate change and also the way in which the farmers and the landscapes have changed in response to climate change of uh, growing drought inability to plant crops that they used to because rainfall is happening uh, very sporadically or uh, far too much in in a very short period of time and this is a fairly big deal that a uh, species like the sarus crane which has seemingly evolved over millennia to be monogamous has now reached a condition where the parents are more or less seems like sort of forced to allow a third bird to come in because that then gives the ability to defend their territories much more it seems to give them an ability to raise the chicks much more because we saw that the lower quality territories that had three birds were able to raise chicks much more than pairs in lower quality territories that did not have a third bird so this is one of the biggest changes that we've seen in the indian landscape and this is also occurring outside of the forests and outside of protected areas where most research on wildlife in india is conducted 
And this is a very clear sign that we ought to be looking outside of these protected systems as well, because it's probable that a lot of sudden changes and a lot of quicker changes are likely to happen outside of systems that have been maintained as healthy forests or healthy grasslands or healthy wetlands over a long period of time. Mr. Sundar also shared other instances of birds shifting their behavioral patterns to survive. So one of the things that we noticed is the woolly necked stalk in Haryana is now nesting and has one of the greatest uh, densities of nests and also the breeding success of nests entirely in agricultural areas. So until very recently, this stalk was incorrectly upgraded to the category of threatened by the IUCN. And we were able to demonstrate that this upgradation is not very sensible because the uh, previous assumption that agriculture is destructive to the species everywhere in its distribution range turned out to be entirely incorrect. So in Haryana, in Uttar Pradesh, in Gujarat, in uh, several other states in India, we have very, very good breeding populations of uh, woolly neck stocks, and many of my colleagues tell me that they are increasing. Now, their habit of breeding, even on very short trees like the sesam, is quite fascinating because uh, large birds like stocks usually use very tall trees like you know, eucalyptus or figs. And the idea has been that they sort of stay out of danger. But uh, the vast majority of nests that we saw in Haryana were on the fairly short season, which is cut periodically as part of our agroforestry systems, which have been here in, uh, since the pre-Mughal period. So it's uh, very clear that these stocks are not affected by negative behaviors by the farmers or by the people in the villages. And it looks like the absence of negative behaviors allows species to continue behaving the way that they have been doing so for a few couple of, at least a couple of thousands of years since the agroforestry began. So it'll be very interesting to see as we go forward, as climate change is occurring and as rainfall patterns and temperatures are changing, what will these stocks do? Because the farmers will be forced to change their ways. But here's the thing. Such behavioural changes are not just limited to the avian species. They are being witnessed at every inch of the animal kingdom. For instance, a report by The Guardian highlights, puffins in the Gulf of Maine have been deprived of their traditional diet, which is white hake and herring, due to warming of the sea, which is causing these fishes to move northwards. And since now puffins are left with butterfish to feed on, it has affected their population to dwindle every year. Elsewhere, up in the north, Polar bears are largely relying on caribou, snow geese and eggs of waterfowl unlike traditional preying upon seals. The rising temperatures have also affected the monarch butterflies. These migratory butterflies are getting delayed by six months in their journey, which breaks their synchronization with the nectar-growing plants that they rely on. So, again, this is causing their population to go down. In fact, a decline of 95% has been observed in their population in the last two decades. These harrowing instances were noted by The Guardian in their report titled The Five, Changes in Animal Behavior Due to Global Heating. It might seem like these things don't concern us, but if we look closer, then we would be able to find such examples even in our neighboring areas. One such example includes the aggressive and volatile nature of the street dogs in India. The dog labs within the Indian Institute of Science, Education and Research, or IISER, Kolkata, conducted a research on this aspect and came to the conclusion that dogs in the high influx, that is, more populated or high mobility areas, are more aggressive compared to the low influx areas. This research also explains the increase in dog attacks in certain localities, while in other localities, dogs are extremely friendly. 
Considering these phenomenal changes in the behavior of different animals over the world, one may ask, what can be done to prevent these changes? The answer to this won't be easy. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written and researched by Aritra Kundu and Sneha Yadav, edited by Shorbori, produced by Manaswini. Sound was edited and mixed by Ajay Rajpur. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. 